Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and I love the classic 1980s sitcom, The Facts of Life, so much that I have decided to sit down every week with an artist friend, watch an episode, and then hit record and talk about the episode and anything and everything else our hearts desire. My guest this week is Mark Baratelli. Mark is a performer, improviser, fringe festival darling, and most recently the creator of the Daily City Food Truck Bazaar. He is the one who arranges these events all over Central Florida that regularly happen where a whole bunch of food trucks come together, and it's like a block party, like a neighborhood street party kind of a thing. And they're they're pretty amazing because everybody seems to show up. You get people from all walks. You get old people and young people. You get families. People bring their pets. You see all different ethnicities, orientations. It's, it's really a very cool thing. And he's the one that kind of started it all here in Central Florida. The episode we watched was Season 1, Episode 7, entitled Dieting, and the original air date was March 21st, 1980. Here we go. This is me with Mark Baratelli. So here we are in the office with Mark Baratelli. How are you? Welcome. I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your show. I'm very <laughs> flattered and honored. We we have not hung out in a long time. Yeah. So probably. it was the perfect occasion, perfect excuse, and to expose you to a uh, mediocre television show that uh, well subpar doesn't doesn't <laughs> doesn't get to the level. But um, before we get into it, let's talk about. What is your history with the show? Like, had you ever watched the show before this? Absolutely. Okay, so um, I used to love Tootie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember her being on roller skates. I remember that Blair was beautiful. I remember, obviously, the lesbian, the... the Joe. Tough. She's and, not a lesbian. And, um, well, okay. Okay, <laughs> sure, sure. Listen, whatever She's... you want to identify as. <laughs> um... And she's still working. She is? She's still working. She's on Dancing with the Stars. Really? Right. The currency every Monday night. Nancy McKeon is on Dancing with the Stars right now. I'd like to see her on like a new like cop procedural show where she's like a secretary, you know. Or like it's a hard hitting. She's a cop on Dancing with the Stars? No. She's a cop on Facts of Life? She was in between the two. The 30 years between the two of those shows <laughs> when you were asleep. Did, did, did it star her and Fonzie? Like she had, I, I forget what the name of it was, but she was on a cop show. I want to say it was on Lifetime. And it oh. was the reason why she couldn't get away to be in the Facts of Life reunion movie. In the Facts of Life reunion movie, we don't get Joe. We get the device of dropping off her daughter. Her husband shows up and says, hey, Joe could make it. Here's our daughter. Bunch of strangers. Look after my child. Peace. Can you imagine the director of whatever cop procedural show that woman was on having the nerve to say to that, that what's her name? Joe Polnicek, right? Yeah. To say, oh, oh no, 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 no. We're not, we, you, we can't let you go back uh, to this, the, you know, this legendary TV yeah. show. that the has show a, that defined a, your career. Defined your career. Everyone knows you. No, you have to come here and, um, because we have to do, you know, whatever, sp- yeah. split takes or whatever TV things. I, yeah. I agree with I, you. I, I, 
that director's. I hope he's not working. One one wonders if there was a sense of her going, um, yeah. Oh, I oh my God, guys! I'd so love to be there, but I can't. I'm doing this other show. So. <gasps> so, oh wait, wait, wait! So you thought that she said no to kind of look like, oh, look at me! I'm a working actor. I'm too big for this. Is that what you're saying? Or, or just I don't know if there was a sense of her. She's because a bitch. she's of, I don't of, like <laughs> lesbian and a bitch. I know I should be lowering my voice when I do her, but I'm wondering <laughs> if there was a sense of sometimes you know the the career defining roles. Sometimes actors want to distance themselves from it. So you grew up with the show, you watched the show, it has a presence in your life. Yeah, Blair was always pretty. Mm-hmm. Blair was perfect. Mrs. Garrett obviously was very funny and charming and lovable. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a show. I liked it as a little gay kid because it was a show with all are, women. Are you, are you gay? Huh? Are you gay? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. you have no, that <laughs> probably, blew, that that. probably blew the... Oh, oh no! Please, I I totally, I can't believe it. We go to it. Yeah, you're you're almost a professional homosexual. All right, all right, okay. (laughs) This is where you go. No, you're not that gay. I crossed a line. You're not. I crossed a line. Actually, I called Michael Wanzi a professional homosexual. I think he's the closest we have in this town. Yeah. So getting back to the actual show here, oh. let's start in on this episode. The episode we've just watched is episode seven. It's called Dieting. And um, can we stop right there? So the names of the episodes of another show called Golden Girls are mm-hmm. so creative. The, the, yeah, I love so, that you said a show called Golden Girls as though there's anyone who wouldn't know it. <laughs> I'm Listening to, to do this my podcast. Best. Speaking, I don't, I don't, speaking of gays, and you know, my demographic yeah. is probably ninety nine to one hundred percent gay. God, the the twos of people, they're horrible people. But the Golden <laughs> Girls, they, if you look at their name of their episodes on YouTube and whatever, they're very funny, very creative. Oh but, yeah, but unlike this episode, which is called what? Let's say it together. Dieting. Dieting. Yeah. Like you couldn't say something like you know. Yeah. There's one called Throw overachieving. Or what? There's one called overachieving. <laughs> so the show is called Dieting, mm-hmm. and yes, I agree with you, the titles. I get a sense that before the on-demand age, like, remember when you were a kid and, like, watching the Emmys? There would be, you know, and the winner is Betty White for the Golden Girls episode entitled this or um oh delta burke won her emmy for they shoot fat girls don't they the episode of um designing i didn't know women. they named the episodes i don't remember but, but that. that's it we weren't aware that was never yeah. a thing and it was not like they listed that in tv guide it was tonight would say the facts of life it would say sue ann goes on a crash diet oh so there's really no benefit to yeah coming up with a creative well, title because no there, one sees it well there wasn't at the time because i don't think other than for awards i don't think they served any purpose mm-hmm. they never ever could have predicted streaming that they would want to have titles for the episodes for now streaming. Now it's, it's critical. It's, it's, I mean, they'd be crazy not to. I wonder if other, um, cause I watch a lot of Mary Tyler Moore and I think oh, some, some of her episodes are, are funny titles. I wonder if like the good shows that are well-written, um, the writers come up with funny titles Better and, title. and the I horrible shows are called dieting. I will bet you. <laughs> well, uh, remember this is the facts of life. So oh, sorry. we're not in the good right. shows yet. The, Good show starts season two. We've got to get through this half season of 13 sucky ones. Okay. And this one certainly lives up to 
the rest of its uh. Uh, neighbors in this. So um, it's a tradition. I ask my guest, Mark Baratelli, would you please summarize, synopsize this episode in just two or three sentences, like a quick, just a, the whole episode, kick us off. Blair tells her unnamed friend that she's Sue Ann, that she's too fat to go on a date. So Sue Ann goes on a diet, takes it to an extreme, uh, falls down, and the fat girl gets the hot guy with the teeth. Yes. That is exactly, that is the correct answer. That's where you would add in an applause sound effect. (laughs) Not to tell you how to do your show. Oh, I I have no idea how to do that. I can email that that sound effect to you. Uh, Yes, so that's perfect. That's exactly what happens in the episode. So um, let's jump right on in. And then I want to talk to you more about about you, Mark. But we'll get there in the middle of the show here. So we start at Mm. the beginning. Um, This is a different episode. The structure is different. We have a little quick bumper joke that precedes the theme song. This is the first time that that has happened in this show. We've had six previous episodes where it just started with the theme. But in this one, we have this hilarious little bumper of uh, Blair getting Barishnikov's phone number, Hmm. like you do, (laughs) calling him, hearing him speak in Russian, and then the punchline of the joke is... She got his voicemail, or he got she, machine. His machine. It's his machine. It's his machine answering machine. And like starting, um, I don't know. I, I've also just been watch, starting to watch old Cheers episodes. Oh, I think this is what one does when they turn forty something. Is like I just start watching old TV. But Cheers is like this. There, there. I remember that from my my childhood. The show would start before the show yeah, started. Yeah, it would do the joke and over the laughter. Dum Yeah. Absolutely, but maybe Facts they were watching Cheers. Never did this, and I feel like there's maybe one or two other episodes coming up where they also attempted to do this. But when we kick into season two, they never go back. Season two on every show is theme song begins the oh, show. They learned their lesson. They absolutely well because it's one of those. Okay, we're having enough difficulty tying this whole episode together and getting any laughs out of a plot. To have to try and create a standalone. You know what it also might be? It also might have been a ploy to when this goes into reruns. If this goes into reruns, they can chop that off and that's more time for commercials. That, you know, that I, now that I think of it, that might have oh, been I a didn't, tactical. I didn't know, know that was a thing. This episode begins with All right. Nancy yeah. laying down and grunting. Is that how it really started? That's how it really started. The isn't first it? to begin the episode was Nancy yeah. putting her jeans on, laying down, and that was kind of a thing. I don't remember. You're you are younger than I am, but okay. The late seven. You are. I'm just saying. Am that, I younger than you? I'm fifty. Yeah, I am younger than you. Yeah, that's okay. what I said. All right. But Nancy is laying down to zip up her jeans, and that was a thing in yeah. like right at the turn tight of jeans. into seventy nine into eighty. That was the the skin tight jeans was a, a big fad that had just hit. Was that um that that model? If you I, nothing comes between me and my Calvin's, is that what that is? Brooke Shields, that, absolutely. That Calvin Klein, Calvin jeans. Klein jeans and Gloria Vanderbilt was also black introduced black denim jeans, and Gloria Vanderbilt introduced black denim. Yeah, the 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 slogan was. It's a shame to call them jeans. Because oh, so until good. she have came along. Have you seen along, her face? And, have you seen her face lately? Have you seen her son, though? 
Yeah. Yum. Ooh. Um, moving on. So she's laying down growling, and she can't get her jeans on. Mrs. Garrett growling. comes in. Growling. <laughs> growling. Okay. Wait, Mrs. Look, can we go back? It's a prepubescent child laying on all floors she's with her a, jeans unbuttoned. Was she a teenager? She's she's like 16, 17. 16? She's girl, for a girl 16, 17, you're in the tail end of it. That's almost post-pubescent. Okay, well, a post-pubescent woman with her jeans unzipped, laying on the floor, crotch facing the camera, yeah. grunting. Yeah. Grunting. And I thought this show was for gay men. We don't want to see that. <laughs> we don't want to see. Go on. Okay, so Mrs. Garrett walks in. Mrs. Garrett walks in, and uh, as again, you do. to try and avoid me talking 95% of the time as I am wont to do. <laughs> uh, so, Mark, tell That's us. What your Mrs. Fans Garrett comes hear. in, and what happens? Oh, God. Oh, Mrs. Garrett, <laughs> I'm in the door. <laughs> Does everyone do their Mrs. Garrett? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That you just launched and I have I have said this show is going to be a smorgasbord of terrible, terrible Charlotte Ray and Mel Girls. <laughs> is that the whole, that's every episode is just guests doing that. It's you, just you need yeah. to do like a like a, yeah. a cut them up. Oh, I need ahead. to tell yes. you to synopsize yes. the show oh, as Charlotte just... Ray. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> What is I that? silenced you. What is that? God, my co- it's my computer telling me there's a text coming in. Oh. I'm so popular. See, I had to put my phone in my car. You And I really appreciate that. I'm I know not... you are... Mark is a big social media guy, so for him to part with his phone, I, I take that. That is a great honor. I, you... I'm being genuine when I say that. Oh. Seriously. Uh, it is very important to be, to be in the moment and to... F- I cannot focus with that phone in my pocket mm-hmm. on anything. Even like... Yeah. Even when I have like, when I have, like conversations with friends and we were walking around or whatever, I have to leave it in the car yeah. at the mall. I do all my conversating at the mall. Phones are so much fun. <laughs> they are. They're more fun sometimes than people. Unless you put your <laughs> phone away and the only thing you have in the room is people and then you go, oh yeah, people yeah. are fun. Go on. Yeah. But I, they are, they're the best thing that ever happened to us, and they're the worst thing that ever happened to us. Yeah. And speaking of the worst things, go Back on. Back to the facts of life. Mrs. Garrett walks Mrs. In. Garrett thinks that Sue Ann is, uh, thinks that Nancy is having an attack. Oh, is it your appendix? Oh, no. I'm just zipping up my jeans, because girls wear tight jeans. And, oh, um, for the geeks, super geeks out there, uh, this is the first time Nancy mentions Roger, and I believe it is now a regular staple in most subsequent episodes that we always see her on the phone with Roger. Roger is the boyfriend that we never see. Oh, now we're cutting to the next scene with the brunette and the hair. Wait, was the brunette with the hair on the ground? Yeah. Oh, okay. Now she's on the phone with Roger. And the thing is, she says that she is... Uh, doing these jeans because of Roger. She wants, she says, Roger is going to really love how I look in these. So okay. she's referring to Roger, and later she will be on the phone with him. Do we ever meet Roger? I don't believe we do. And then she gets fired before the show comes back for season two, so oh we never do. Oh, my God, that poor um, woman. So then um, Blair comes in, and she's looking for Sue Ann. Sue Ann comes down from the mm-hmm. bedroom with a big old slice of cake. And Blair brings Sue in. I, can we... Okay, so now, I maybe I wasn't listening. I'm paying attention. I've been tired, so I might have fallen asleep. But <laughs> I didn't realize that that woman or that girl was holding a, cake, a slice of cake ever until it was actually pointed out because everything in this in this show is a shade of cream or brown. <laughs> and that... Uh, the cake... It even brown the cake... Frosting. 
It was like brown frosting, brown <laughs> cake with probably nuts in it. Um, uh, it. It never, and the plate was like an off-white. We were coming out of the 70s, and everything was brown and tan and grayish and orange. They, yeah. they hadn't quite made it yet. This is I this just, is 1980, by the way. So yeah. we are just... No, no, no disrespect to the time frame or the art director or whatever, but I had no idea that what she was holding until yeah. Blair was like, you might not want to eat that piece of cake, fat ass. <laughs> It's Which basically exactly. she did. She was yeah. Very that's pretty rude. much what she said. Because Blair, um, we assume that Blair already has a date because Blair is giving Sue Ann the very welcome news that Blair has arranged for Sue Ann to meet this boy from Bates Academy. Another sidebar. This is the first time we are taught. We hear about Bates Academy. Bates is a boys' school. Bates is the boys' school, the, you know, uh, sibling academy. Whenever we need to have a social event or we need to talk about boys, we bring they, previously we just had boys that we didn't know where they came Did from. Did Rogers, does Roger go to Bates? I don't know. That's a good mm. question. We'll have to find out. No. I don't, if, if we knew that, I don't remember. So this is the first mention of and Bates. And to remind you, we're talking about the episode called Dieting. Dieting. Go on. <laughs> They put that much thought into it. So Scott Dunbar is the guy that she's going to have a date with. And then um, basically, yeah, Blair says, and he only dates skinny chicks, so you might not want to eat that piece of cake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's true. And and what? and she said, and then Sue Ann says, oh, did I have a piece of cake in my hand? Oh, Mark Baratelli didn't notice that. Um, <laughs> but... I, if anybody in a TV show said that, the character that who said that would be the the villain. Yeah, but I'm telling you, when this TV show was on, Blair was a golden child. She could say anything. She, I mean, she's the villain as being the the rich girl, but she's also the vain, shallow one, but with a heart of gold. And this episode is actually a very good example supporting that. I will say. The heart of gold comes in like the last 20 seconds. Eh, ish. Well, the is fact she that ever, she's... Is she ever nice? Well, the fact that she even arranged this... Why... This guy seems like a damn winner. And Blair... Mm-hmm. Blair why has Blair fixed up... So why would Blair not be like, I'm, I'm getting that dude for myself. Screw Sue Ann. But we don't have... She Blair doesn't say, you know, well, you know, I'm going to be going with, with Jimbo and you're going to be... Was it a double date? I don't believe any mention was so made. So she just out of the blue, hey, by the way, I I have this man or this boy, man boy, <laughs> who I've set you up with, fatty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yes. now walk away. It wasn't a double date, it wasn't I, there wasn't a party, a cotillion. I, um, a, a, a I, think, I think there might have been show, an event or something, but there, aside, aside from that, there was no mention of what Blair's situation was for the dance or the date. And again, so let's let's Not give this Earth. the benefit of the doubt, and All let's right. say Blair Warner was being generous, setting up her her female her friend, with, friend a, with, for, a good, with, with a good with an eligible friend. bachelor who doesn't like fat people. <laughs> oh dear! So um, there is talk about weight, and the term "thin is in." That was a big saying back then, and now this is when we start getting into the whole thing of. Young girls, the danger of young girls being told about be, how being thin is better and yada, yada. 
And that's clearly what this very special episode is all about. And, yeah. Speaking of Finn, I had no idea that Charlotte Ray had a ponytail until okay. she swung her head. Okay. Now, it's... <laughs> Okay. Let's get into real topics. We need to. Okay, girl, we need to understand. stop right here. Yeah, because right. I made a note about it. Did too. you make it to? Is that the first episode where we see a ponytail? Ladies and gentlemen, episode seven is the first episode where Charlotte Ray is sporting not a ponytail, a weird long cascading spit curl <laughs> emerging from her already omnipresent bun, bun. and poof. And it's like, what is it? Yeah, she's got the 1800s. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 there's a the word, like a, something girl, whatever. It's Gibson girl. Gibson girl. Yeah, she's got a turn of the century Top. Gibson. That With is exactly what her hair is. I never thought a, of that. And then a, a, a twisty curl. A long dis- cascading curl <laughs> coming out of the back. When she gets on the scale in a little bit later in this scene, part of me is like, girl, take the hairspray out. You'll lose five pounds. Yeah, it's like, well, and take that wig. I mean, I don't think the bun is real. I don't think a woman that small can have that much hair. But a lot of those girls on the show, they are very tiny with a lot of hair. Do you know how, notice how much hair these girls have? The, and then you look at poor Tootie. And <laughs> they couldn't have thrown her a wig or a piece or a I, weave or anything. <laughs> no. no, we're just going to hear here. Have some yeah, pigtails. Good yeah. pigtails. Yeah. Yeah. There's Go a on. lot of yes. hair. Well, because that's what was in at the time was the sort of long, straightish, curly hair. Um, I also made a note that um, Blair called the 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 man who's going to get the date with the fat girl. You Ms. mean Scott Dunbar. Scott Dunbar. Uh, she called him Mr. Big, which made me think of Sex in the City, which I'm not familiar oh, with, but I know Mr. that Mr. Big, Big I didn't, is a thing, I missed so that maybe Mr. that's Big. where they got the name. Like, as in, but in reference to him being this big man on campus type of a thing, yeah. Or, um, or, uh, so we, or Mr. Big. We have a great line here, and we do mm. need to sort of bring our plot synopsis to another screeching halt, because someone talks about wouldn't you like to be thin? And Natalie becomes a part of this conversation. Yeah. And Natalie says the beautiful line, I don't want to be, a, um, does he say miserable, skinny? I don't want to eat all the being eaten health foods. I don't want to be a skinny pencil. I'd rather be a happy magic marker. To the applause yeah. of the audience. And that is problematic because... You, she's insinuating that if you're skinny, you cannot be happy. I yeah. don't like the word happy. Uh, uh, maybe content. Uh, yeah. But anyways, but 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 yes, the line is great. It is the logic. It's the re. It's the end of the show. That's what the lesson that we learned. But yeah. You, you could have Natalie. pretty much turned the TV show off at that point and gone, right. okay, I learned my lesson. And this was also one of those episodes of a TV show where it's like um, a very special episode. Yeah, it has, where, it, it very much, it yeah, has the, the it very strong whiff of it a was, very special. It was like whenever one of the Golden Girls, sorry to mention it again, was going to die, you know. Oh, oh God. Of, oh, yeah. of the many times, I don't, yeah, I don't want to hope I don't die yet. Um, but the reason why <laughs> I bring this up. I just, I just walked through the kitchen, I Hope I don't die yet. <laughs> um, but the I reason when I ask a question, I'm sorry. Am I okay? Hold okay. your hold your okay, question because yes, yes. the reason why I'm sort of doing this pause for Natalie is we do need to take um, stock of the fact that I believe this is the only episode where any mention is made ever to Natalie's weight. Mindy Cohn, the actress, has said in interviews, nine years, nobody ever dealt with or drew attention to or made 
reference to the fact that Natalie was, for all intents and purposes, the fat girl on the show. So this is one of the points where we commend the show. We look ahead to the better days of the show where it really got some things right. And this is one of those things where, to its credit... She probably put her ham, fat, pig lady foot down after this episode (laughs) and said, said, I'm not doing this again. And her mother probably put her big old, you know, lady chunk... uh, hoof uh, on the ground and said, you're not letting my daughter be talked about in a certain way. And it okay. was in her contract. And and moving on, do you, do you feel like you're doing yourself potentially a service? or a dis- Like when you think back to Facts of Life, do you think that was a good show? Yes. And then you go back to watch it and you see how horrible it is? Um, yes and no. Do you see, no. feel like you've... Yes you and know, no. Um, did yeah, you do no. Your, have you done, are you doing your memories a disservice? Um, no, my, my memories I'm are calling cons- into question the existence of this podcast <laughs> yes, as, exactly. as one of your guests. We're going to lose ourselves in a little wrinkle in time. You're making, you're creating <laughs> this black hole. Um, no, this is one of those proverbial shows where I la la loved it growing up okay. when I caught it later in life in reruns, as is typical, you watch it with your adult eyes and you're like, Oh, that's not quite as good as I remember it, but it still had a lot of good stuff going on. And in particular, it's the first season and then a couple of the later seasons where it's it's difficult to get through. But the the ones in the middle, like the six in the middle, they do a pretty damn good job. Mm. Um, again, starting in season two is when they start getting into more issues and dealing with them more realistically than this. Well, thank you for inviting me to the shitty season. Okay. Mm. You're automatically invited back. I've told all my guests you are automatically invited back all for right. a subsequent, quote unquote, good season. Anyway, so Mrs. Garrett has bought a dress, and it's a size 14, and she, in hearing all this talk about losing weight, thinking that we're talking about it in a healthy way, she says, you know what? I should lose some weight, too. This is a 14, and they get on the scale, yeah. and she's like, I'm a little bit, um, you know, I, I could stand to lose a few pounds myself, so I am not going to wear this dress. I love this dress, but I'm going to take it back and get a size 12, and I'm not going to be happy until I fit into the size 12 of this dress. Yeah, she she turns her size 14 dress, she villainizes the size 14, and I think she says at some point, this is like, a, if I wear this, it's like I've given up. Yeah. I feel like, did yes, she say that? Yes, um, that was That's perfect. That's a perfect, very timeless perfect sentence. wording. And, um, uh, so and she, it's brought back to Natalie again. Don't you want to, something like, don't you want to fight the fat or be a fat fighter or something? And Natalie says, no, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, and then and she laughs at herself. I don't like it when actors laugh at themselves. That's, but, but but she's such a good actor that that, that I'll, that's fine. But yeah, if she does realize, that continuously, I don't... She No, she she breaks that habit. That's because she's never done anything. She has never performed before. Charlotte Ray's the one that said, you should put her on the show. Wait, what, is, what did Charlotte Ray say? She said, hey... Motherfuckers, this is my show. No, do it in the Charlotte Ray voice. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. She said, oh, you really should put her on the show. Yours is so much subtler than mine. <laughs> I am a chicken lion. I'll put her on the show. <laughs> well, I love it because that that she's a complete natural actress. And I wonder if, what, what's this actress's name? Mindy Cohn. Mindy Cohn. Is it Cohen or Cohen? Cohen. C-O-H-N, like an ice cream cone. Like a... <laughs> Is it, there's no E in it? No. 
Maybe there was at some oh. point. She is Jewish. So oh, I think and, that's and, why she doesn't work anymore. And, uh, no, she still no, in works. In the 80s, it was really bad. Yeah, Jews in really Hollywood, bad. they're not not very big on that oh, out there. So glad um, But the that. deal is, she was, she is, came to this show as a non actress. She had never been. You just watched episode seven. You just watched the, the seventh, seventh time, time she was in front she's of so a TV good. camera. She's so good. And, but that's the thing. She's not great. But she is good enough to stand next to these quote-unquote experienced 16 and 17-year-olds who, in yeah, some cases, are awful. like, Ooh. I mean, I will say that Ooh. Molly Ringwald was one of my... If I had to pick the top, the best three actors in the show, Molly Ringwald would be in the, in the, in the, in the, in there. She had a few... Oh, oh. Uh, well, I will say, oh. I love Molly Ringwald as an actress. I don't think this show was her best work. You see... <laughs> No, I don't think it's her, but in the episode, there's so many horrible actors oh, oh, that she rises to the top. The fact that she did. But again, that was because she was using doing material that was better suited to her. And while we're talking about Molly Ringwald, let's talk about the character of Molly, because we've had a couple Who's of Molly? different versions. Her character's name is her Molly. Name? Yeah, These it's the lazy same. ass writers. <laughs> Wait, yeah. is cursing not allowed or allowed? Yes, you may. Okay, Absolutely. Okay, okay, I, right. I hope you will. Um, but the deal is, in the backdoor pilot, Molly is the chatty one. And once the actual new show starts, Molly is not the chatty one. Then there's another episode where they try to make her the chatty one again. And then somewhere somebody comes up with, oh, no, she's the feminist. That's it. She's the, oh. the one that... And you re- recall, I think her only line in this show is... I'm not going to be skinny just because some magazine tells me to. So FYI, episode seven is um, feminist Molly, not chatty Molly. So have we, um, got, have we gotten through half the show? No. No, we haven't. Okay. That's why I love the pot. And that's why I oh. love having guests and friends over who and we just enjoy talking about shit. Um, uh, the grocery delivery guy was hot. Um, yeah. So Mrs. Garrett is stretching yes. and continuing in the vein of the show getting it right, that we're not treating Natalie different from the other girls. This delivery boy from the thrifty market, his name is Steve. Yeah. He is insanely hot. And yeah. I know I've seen him on another show. Oh. I will research that and post that on the blog. He's wearing, he's wearing, thank God that the tight, Skin tight. clothing was... Showing off the guns. The men were, and, yeah. And he... A lot of ab work. And, and Natalie, like says, hey, I'll show you where the kitchen is. And he's kind of like, okay, cool. And Natalie has confidence. That, that's it. And that's, what, again, that's what they get right is that she, even though she does look at the scale and kind of roll her eyes, she's aware that she, she knows she is heavier. Yeah. But she, she, like you she say, knows she's less than. She's like, <laughs> no. What? But she's, like you say, she's confident and she pours on the charm mm. and she help, she takes him into the kitchen to drop off the groceries. Um, one of the girls makes a comment and she's like, back off. He's mine. Yeah. And it's like, you go, bitch. Yeah. Yes, he is yours. Um, and, and then Natalie gets cock blocked by Tootie. Tootie says something that sends him off. Him? Yeah, like um, t- uh, oh god, am I wrong? I have I Natalie know. got cock blocked by Tootie. Tootie says something, and he's like, "Oh god, blah, 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 the way." She says something, and well, anyways, I, I think you're right. What, I just don't remember. I, I didn't just, make a I note think of I'm it. just thinking about cock. <laughs> exactly. So that's maybe always, that's always what's on your mind. But um, so as the scene progressive progresses, <laughs> um. 
Uh, oh, Scott calls. So Scott Dunbar, the boy that Blair has um, oh, right. has fixed up Sue Ann with. Scott jerk. calls. Her so name have is Sue Ann. Sue Ann. She's the country girl. You know, she makes a reference to the tractor. They were attempting for her archetype to be the country girl, the kind of the country bumpkin. Yeah, with no accent. It, yeah, still pretty, wearing but, the same clothes. And you, you missed a, an episode where she had to really act, and it was disturbing. It was really disturbing how bad she was. Um, so he calls. She's like, "Yep, that's great." Um, talking to him, Tootie jumps in and says, "Don't blow it." And oh, yeah, then she starts it. talking like, yeah, I come from Kansas City, Kansas. And the, hey, hey, stuff, that, that's pretty cool, huh? And then Tootie's like, she's blowing it. Yeah, she literally, the one, the poor ch- fat girl says, she's um, the less Sue than, Ann. you know, d- d- uh, the, yeah. she, she just says something, literally says something like, um, yeah, I'm from Kansas City. And then it cuts to Tootie and she goes, oh, she's blowing she's it. She's blowing and it. And it's like, Tootie, she just said where she's from. I know, she yeah. didn't do anything. I'm just it's from Kansas City. Girl. And you're blowing like, what What's wrong with me from Kansas City? Yep. Tootie, excuse me, Tootie, who are you trying to criticize, Tootie? Tootie, Tootie, Um, from D.C., you think you're better than us? Tootie from D.C.? What accent is that? I have no idea. I don't know, but I did read, (laughs) or I did see something on YouTube, that the reason that they put Tootie on roller skates... Yes. ...is because she was so short. Yes. I thought that was a nugget. And she was two years younger than what she was playing. She was ten. But no, you're absolutely right. They put her on roller skates to make her look both taller and and to age her. It's not a black thing. It's not a it's not a racist thing. They should have just put some age makeup on. <laughs> they should have gray, greater at the temple. Give her a cane. Have, have Tootie walking in. Now where's my girlfriend? Tootie is always hanging out with Mrs. Garrett for some reason because <laughs> they have they have more in common. You know. They, yeah. There there is an episode about that. But um, oh, speaking of lesbians, so woohoo. So then Natalie comes back out with Scott, Steve, the delivery boy, and mm. says, he's like, okay, well, I'm going now. Bye. And Natalie says, I'm going to show here. I'll show you a shortcut and starts walking upstairs. And that's where Tootie caught blocks her. Okay. And Tootie says, right. Natalie, that's your bedroom. Yeah. And literally. And Natalie's like, what the thanks? I was about to get this. No. And your 10 year old roller skating not- pigtail ass. <laughs> Because, but, excuse me, you agreed. The way you set this up, you said Natalie wanted to go upstairs with that boy. To, what? Why do girls take boys upstairs? Yeah. And again. To fuck. Yes, I know. She was, the, the fat girl she, was going to fuck, the fat girl was going to fuck the hot guy. Yeah. That's what should have happened. That's, that should have been the that episode. That should have happened. A very special episode. Me, like, while that's going on, and they develop <laughs> a very long-term relationship, a very good, solid relationship, you know, the, the redneck girl is, you know, yeah, cavorting around, throwing up, eating soup, not eating soup. Yeah, that backdoor pilot would have been hot dude, fat chick. That's the name of the show. Hot Dude, Fat Chick. That would have been the backdoor pilot. I'd watch that. And I would, I'd watch but that. But the thing is... Because when, I watch, it, when um, I watch movies like that, I don't look at the ladies. Go ahead. But I, I, I submit, though, that the show has... We, we talk about this in an earlier episode. The show has an optimism and an innocence about it. 
I don't think Natalie's brain is in that mode. I think I seriously, you know what? You don't think that that bitch I, was is she's self-aware enough to go, "Hey, yeah. I don't want to be skinny. I want to be just I'm going to be a magic marker." She gets an applause from the audience. You don't think she's self-aware enough to be like, "This is D and it's for me." <laughs> I you don't think she was thinking I, that? I do not. I, I think, do. I think, I think you're in my knowledge planet. and experience with this character, I would say 13-year-old Natalie Green probably was bringing him up to her bedroom to play records with him. <laughs> like and Records and, shoving up her yeah. vagina? And, and, yeah. <laughs> a record of his cock in her mouth? No. Yeah. Stop. Come on. No. Take a Polaroid of that. I don't want to picture 13-year-old to Natalie sucking th- the D. Well, that's I wrong. don't either, but I'm talking well, about the character. Well, no, I'm not, I don't want to watch it. I'm just saying, like, she's an empowered woman. She's the real Molly Ringwald. Yeah. She's the uh, Exactly. Feminist. She's more the feminist, yeah. I, I genuinely think this is, I, again, this is 1980, where kissing a boy was a big deal. We, you, when you think of nowadays, when it's like, you know, Natalie, what were you doing with him? It was only up the butt, Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. You know, that's comedy now. But you think of, again, this was 1980. I think when I don't the know idea if I was is that. Born then. I'm going to bring him up to the bedroom where we can be alone because I, we might kiss or he might hold my hand or something. You I know think, what I mean? I think it was an adult joke that we all knew how it was going to end. Yeah. Like, um,. A girl on a diet reaches for the cookie jar, and someone yeah. says, "No, she wasn't going to eat the cookie. She wasn't going to suck the D. <laughs> she just needed two D to." All right, come on. You went there, Baratelli. You well. just went there. That's all. Um, so Blair comes. Oh, oh, and as the boy leaves, since she, since it's like, well, not going to go up to the bedroom. He leaves and he says, "Oh, by the way, I didn't deliver this. It's some diet instant breakfast." And uh, par- clearly this belongs to you. And he hands it to Natalie. And it's like, wop, 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 So he wah, wasn't wah, into wah, wah, her at all. And then Blair comes down. The, so we're going to get gonna back get to that. some mouth action. We're going to get back to that. imagine yeah. someone else. Yeah. Um, Blair comes down in her stunning disco <laughs> dress. How, what are you laughing? How dare you? I am not being facetious. You really think it's pretty? That off-the-shoulder disco... That was the the fucking... That was 19... I I defy you to find anything in anyone in 1980 that is prettier than Lisa Welchel in that dress. I'm not fucking around. I listen... She is gorgeous. I'm not saying she looks ugly. I know. Please (laughs) calm down. Um, I just think that there was a reaction which told me, oh, this is pretty... Because it's so long ago that it, I didn't know. I, I was like, oh, that looks like more dressy than she looked prior. Yeah. But it, she didn't come down and like death. And I want to stop here and say this was an 80s moment trope kind of thing of a girl comes down the stairs and, and the audience would and clap woo, and oogle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally the trope. Um, is that the right word, trope? Yeah. And matter of fact, there is, I just only recently discovered... I I've heard the term of TV tropes that they're like you just said. There's that TV trope. There's a website called TV Tropes that goes show by show and catalogs them. And I've posted the link to the the page for Facts of do Life. Golden where it lists Girls, all the tropes, huh? Do they have the Golden Girls tropes? I, I, I yes, absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna go check that out. He's gonna go check that out. Um, so the scene ends with Blair comes down in her disco dress, and Sue Ann decides that after that phone call. She wants to lose 10 pounds by Saturday. By Saturday. And go yeah, on a crash diet. I'm going on a crash diet. Dum, dum, Is it dum. because of the dress? 
It's really because of the dress? I, I forget. I, 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 they talk about bathing suits. Do and they're they? like, yeah, because they're like, oh, you better bring your bathing suit or not. Oh. And then Mrs. Garrett goes, you better bring your bathing suit. Yes. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, okay, Mrs. Garrett. Yeah. That's right. There was allusion was to them. Maybe doing it's a some, different scene. Something. No, no, I think you're right. I think you're totally right. I think I was getting you your coffee at that point, so I might have been distracted. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to lose showed up at my door Saturday. demanding coffee. He was. I've had uh, a long day. Some of us work. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, some of yeah, us some have of to you earn a living. living. Yeah, excuse me. Um, next <laughs> scene. We move on to the next scene. And I have to point out, this is the first time we have ever seen the cafeteria set. We've never seen this set before. Mm. They coughed up a couple of bucks to build this mm. so that we could be watching the girls eat. Sue Ann somehow has lost six pounds already. From basically what we understand to be starving herself. Starving I was okay and herself. I, I I was excited that she lost the weight, but in my mind I was like, I kinda wanna see some contouring, like some gr- <laughs> some gray contouring on and her cheekbones. Sinking her eyes and <laughs> making her look having her teeth hey, turning don't yellow. Don't and- I look great, everybody? <laughs> but that didn't happen. Um, Tootie does a funny little sidebar health spa commercial just to show how charming and sweet Tootie is. And she's very charming. She is. She wins me over. I wanted to Um, Mrs. Garrett shows up comedically eating a green pepper. Oh, is there anything worse than being on a diet and having to eat a green pepper? Whoa! Yeah. Then Mr. Bradley comes in. Mr. Bradley, the bumbling male authority figure... And uh, he's like, okay, the cafeteria is saying that half of the food is coming back. He goes, so I, I, I hear it's because they're, all you girls are on a crash diet and it has to stop. Now, again, we don't ever establish how many girls go to Eastland. We don't ever establish if there are any other dorms nine. other than... There was three tables of three girls. Yeah. There are nine girls at the school. Yeah, and seven of them live in this one dorm. And yeah, so that's... Again, it's, it's really it, good. It's service. called into question. Yeah. It's like in a department store when you have one, you yeah. know, one one um, employee per customer. Yeah. So go then, on. go on. Yes. Blair comes in and she has found a yearbook or some type of a publication with a photograph of Scott Dunbar to be able to show Sue Ann. Apparently, Blair didn't even know what he looks like. I don't and even yet, remember this part. So Blair brings in, says, "Look, Sue Ann. Here's a picture of him. He's a real knockout." Okay. And then. <gasps> Is that true? Do That's they... when Sue Ann faints. Did you not remember? You were drinking the coffee that I, I had just gotten for really you. tired. The facts of life is show it that moves too fast. We're, we're learning that one needs to give it one's full attention. I think that's the takeaway from this episode, Mark. It's a lot of action. A yeah. lot of it. That was a quick scene. But Sue Ann faints, and then we go to commercial cliffhanger. Dum dum dum. Yeah. And we so hope she hasn't eaten. Because she's been starving herself, exactly. So we're at commercial break right now, and I want to take a moment before we continue with the episode, and let's talk a little bit about Mark Baratelli. You first came to my attention as a performer doing a little show at the Fringe Festival called Improv Cabaret, where you would sit down with just a piano player and yourself on a microphone, and you would improvise a cabaret with a story arc, and you would make up songs about mm. different subject matters. And it was quite an amazing thing. And it it brought a lot of attention to you as a performer and as an improviser. And then mm. only did I sort of 
start, then we, I think we became friends on MySpace. That was big in the day. But then I started becoming aware of your other work that you had worked on the cruise ships doing musical theater, that you, um, you, after that, you did a national tour with Ted Neely in Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yes. You played, what, what role were you? King Herod. You were Herod. King, King Herod. Mm-hmm. And that's no, that's no small potatoes. That's kind of a big deal. And, um, Let's backtrack as far as give me your quick life bio as in where were you born, where were you raised, where did you train, if at all, and what brought you to Orlando? <laughs> I, I say that if at all because if I don't, at all. I can't because I, I don't have, you have I, no didn't, training? I didn't go to school for theater, no. I went, how I went did to you learn how to perform? I, I did it. For 20, okay. 20 something years. You're like, I did it. I learned by doing. I, I did. Asshole. I mean, that's no, nice. that's, I, that's no, I never knew that. Uh, no, I'm I'm a pretty untrained actor, and there are many people who've seen my work who will be like, Yes, oh, David, that's gosh. pretty obvious. But born, um, in, born in North Carolina, uh, raised in middle lower Florida, uh, partly in a retirement community called Lehigh Acres. Um, was always, I was into gymnastics. I was into cross country. And then in high school, I got into theater and some, and the only reason I went to study dance at FSU was because everyone else was going to college and Mm -hmm. I really should never have gone to college. College messed up everything. I should have just stayed in Orlando. I was studying ballet at the time, Mobile Ballet, which was a really good school. Um, but I went to college and, and, and then dropped out after four years and, Got a job in Atlanta, living with my friend. Disney was touring mm-hmm. and got a job. Came So they brought me to Orlando. And then, um, long story short, the interesting part, I think, is the how did I get on stage by myself with a microphone? Uh-huh. That, that was... Um, you, um, in between I, what you just said and now would be SAC Theater, though, right? As far as you became affiliated, yeah. Did, so like, yeah, did the improv thing at SAC, the SAC Comedy Lab, which is Orlando's version of of the Groundlings or Second City, for those who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. So like, I would take classes there, and then I was like, I'm going to go to Atlanta so I can get a day job. So I, I was going to go there for two years, learn graphic design, come back to Orlando, and do graphic design during the day and do improv at night. And it kind of didn't happen that way, but. Um, uh, when I came back, I, I looked for a, a job in graphic design, couldn't find one, and I got a job uh, doing the show called Circus McGurkis at Universal Orlando, oh, and yeah. it was me on stage by myself with uh, several people in fur costumes, but there was no other human face but me. Uh-huh. So I had to. I was there, but I had never been on stage before by myself. Then, then the next job I got was Disney Cruise Line. Uh, which has no relevance. Um, and then, the, but then the <laughs> second contract with Disney Cruise Line, I had to be on stage by myself as a character doing like this sort of quasi stand-up routine for like five-ish to seven minutes by myself. Mm-hmm. You literally, as a musical theater chorus person, raised from the middle of the floor. In the de- from beneath the stage to the center of the stage, and you're there by yourself, and mm-hmm. you're there for like five to seven minutes by yourself, and 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 then and the, on the same contract, I got to host this game show called Who's Who's Mouse Is It? De- what was that? Who's something? Is it? De- no. Um, who wants to be a millionaire? Okay. It's called Who Wants to Be a Mouseketeer. So again, I was on stage by myself for like a forty-five minutes hosting like a game show on a cruise yeah. ship. And game show hosting is a very, very different skill from performing a script. From it's, yeah, it, it is it you, is an improvisational job far more than it is a performing. 
I feel like that's job. where, like we, how you said you learned on the job. Like, I feel like that's a job where you'd have to learn on the job. You yeah. can't take a class in being on stage for 45 minutes alone, hosting a, a game show on a cruise ship. Yeah. That's, um, and then at some point I came back to Orlando. No, they, I went to New York. I did some tours. I came back to Orlando and then it just all kind of r- r- came to improv cabaret. Mm-hmm. And then, it, then I kind of let it go. Like I was doing that for like three or four years touring. Mm-hmm. Um, but you then, mentioned the graphic design and I forgot how much, uh, how much of improv cabaret was also the creative marketing stuff that you did in, in so far as the graphic design and using social media back before it was really a thing. We are talking a long time ago. Yeah. yeah this is like, this is like yeah, so 2006. I, I'm sometimes good at spotting opportunities. And at the time, uh, when I first did that improv cabaret show, uh, fringe posters were not cute. They were no. not. No. There was no one graphic design trained was making these posters. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I got you. I got yeah. you. I, I know how to stand out. So, yeah, I made like a different. At that time, you could put a poster for your show on each of these giant boxes. Yeah. They were yeah. like six feet tall. And so and what I did out. was every poster was a different photo of me. Yeah. <laughs> every photo. So it, it helps to be a narcissist too. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> well, a narcissist based on insecurity, right? Yeah. It was yeah. I, I have a friend who says I'm a, what does he say? I'm a self-loathing narcissist. It's all about me, but how terrible I am. Oh my God. That's, friend, yes. That's me. Yeah. That's my friend, Matthew, Matthew Arter says that. But what are we yeah. talking about? We were, but we were talking about, um, your posters were, not just well designed, they were also creatively varied. the The idea of branding that really wasn't a thing, even even in the early two thousands, that wasn't a thing. Everybody didn't have Photoshop on their computer. Yeah, fringe, fringe posters were awful. It was really just yeah, it was about like the names at that time, like Wanzee and the like those yeah. established names. Varieties, I think, was just getting started then, or had had been yeah. for a few years. So that's where I first became aware of you. And then, uh, perfect segue. You're a person who sometimes spots opportunities. You have literally reinvented yourself in the last few years as going from this graphic designer, performer, improv person, which you still do, well, we've got the, the food truck bazaars. But you also have, you, you did this very long-running blog about the city of Orlando, about businesses, about foods, and it was thedailycity.com. Yeah. So, but but um, that, that's, that ended recently. Yeah, I did it for 10 years, and um, it was like... It, Living in New York City for a hot second and and just being online a lot, uh, I saw that the city of Orlando didn't have a website like other bigger cities had. Mm. So I tried to sort of emulate it in my own way by myself with just me and me and the blogger.com. Yeah. Um, I did it for 10 years. And then um, this year I finally was like, all right, we've, we have done that. We have done that for 10 years. Let's go on and, and try something different. Oh, okay. So now what... Um, what I was doing through those 10 years is every now and every now and then I would create an event like food truck bazaar. Yeah. That actually ended up turning it being turned into a business, which I never intended. It was supposed to be a one time 
Food Truck Bazaar, it's on this day, this time, and then move on to the next whatever. Mm-hmm. But it became this this business. But throughout the years, I've put on these events, uh, Taco Truck Taste Tests and Cardboard Art Festival. I remember. I was at the first one, I think, the Taco Truck Taste Tests. I think you were. Test. I think you were. But you did that. And then you just did this new event, Orlando Flea. Yeah. Where you want to create a platform for local artisans to sell their wares. Yeah. And it, it was like uh, really out of the... It was like Food Truck Bazaar all over again, because the first Food Truck Bazaar... Over a thousand people showed up. Yeah. And it was like, I remember going, oh my gosh, why, what happened? Who did this? And then with Flea, it was the same way. I was like, oh my God, did this happen again? So I'm kind of like, okay, let's put blogging to the side and let's do what we love, which is like these events. Mm-hmm. So we've got Food Truck Bazaar, Orlando Flea, and we, our third one is Confection Fest. Confection Fest. A dessert festival. <gasps> so yeah, you're very much a, a jack of many trades and you've, seems like you've lived many lives in terms of talking about the the being the cruise ship performer, the being on tour, being the graphic designer, being the city blogger, being the event planner and the improviser, it's um just I, I hope you understand and this. realize this so how fun. impressive that is to the outside observer. I gather that you don't. No, because I have low self-esteem. I have anxiety. <laughs> So once again, you give me a great compliment and I tear it down. Wow. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I, I never think about it. I'm uh-huh. always thinking about, I don't know, but yeah, you're, yeah, it, it is fun. I guess it is fun to look back and, um, know that like, yeah, I did a bunch of different, different things, but I think if you're, you know, you're creative, like ideas are always going through your head. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I just try different things and see if they work and if they don't a lot there's a lot of failure there's a lot of projects that did not make it in that list of things that you listed off Mm -hmm. that were not mentioned yeah and those but those some of those are really fun too you hear about that lot like when you watch a james lipton interview it's like well for your next film you did this you you know your next film you worked with martin scorsese and it was like well no i actually auditioned for 40 films that i didn't get and yeah, I was lucky, exactly. you know, it's, I mean, I totally get that, but you know, in the, in the arc of the successes versus the failures, I just think it's pretty cool. Just saying. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So what were we talking about? Oh, the facts of life. Oh my God. Do we back remember the this show? Life. Yes. 2D. Yep. So we come back from commercial. Thankfully, uh, Mrs. Garrett brings us the news that the doctor has looked at Sue Ann and it's not serious. She's not done any damage to herself. She's going to be okay. And Mr. Bradley is like, well, good, because I'm going to go rip into her. Yeah. And at that point is also when Miss Garrett reveals the, this um, beautiful pink shirt dress. I think it is deserves note. It is beautiful. And she actually looks thinner in that than she has the entire episode. Mrs. Garrett? Yeah. In a pink shirt? I she, didn't notice yeah, her pink like shirt dress. Yeah, she's like on the dress. stairs. And she, it's beautiful. She huh. looks like Doris Day. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So Mr. Bradley is like, I'm going to go give her what for. And Mrs. Garrett tries to block him. She tries yeah. to prevent him from doing it. And nope. And we've discussed in the show before, he just walks right in, bursts right in her room. This is a teenage girl's bedroom. I never thought of that. And you are the headmaster of the school. Yeah, it's a residential school. But you are the headmaster, meaning you're in charge of the academics. I'm thinking you don't 
have as much of a claim to just be walking through. We've had other scenes in previous episodes take place in that room that were beyond inappropriate. Yeah, Mrs. He kind of uh, over usurps uh, Mrs. Garrett's power, which is kind of insulting. He pulls rank on her, but I mean, he is her boss. But, you know, he pulls rank on her. And that's kind of that typical 1980 thing of the the wise woman and the boorish man. And He brings know. Chinese food, right? And not yet. Oh. Not yet. Um, so, Miss New York, Miss Rest of Country, nice... Oh, Natalie says... There's another Natalie moment. Yeah, good, Matt. Yes. There's another Natalie moment where Natalie's brought up again, and she walks over and poses next to Blair seductively, and she says, you know, come on. Um, and, and it's Natalie kind of doing, uh, guys, let's be realistic. It's, it's, it's actually, I think, good in the sense of it's mm-hmm. Natalie going, guys, I'm not a skinny person. Telling me to, you know, me going on a diet, that's, that's not who I am. And she goes over and stand next to her and she says, you see, you're Miss New York. I miss the rest of the country. And then someone says, plus you've got a great personality. And Natalie says, yeah, that's what they always say about the fat girl. Which is true. Uh, (laughs) Or you ever notice how fat women always have good skin? (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) You you cracked yourself up on that one. I'm saying I love, to, I love to say things that no one should say. Yeah. And so when I say them, they're not coming from me. They're coming from, wouldn't it be funny if someone said this and then I say it, <laughs> but then people take it as, um, I really mean oh, that. Oh, But big girls do have good skin. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell used to say, because it, it puffs out it the puffs wrinkles. It puffs out, yeah. It puffs out the it wrinkles. It's like, yeah. Um, anyway, there is a moment, and it ends up being, I believe she does say it to Natalie, when Mrs. Garrett says... If you want to lose weight, lose weight, but do it for you. Don't do it because you want to fit into a dress or look and look like someone else in the magazine. And that's a good thing. The, the message of this episode is a good message. We do need to make sure to give it props for in the shitty storytelling, it is putting out a good message. Um, and yet Sue Ann still doesn't learn. <laughs> Sue Ann doesn't learn, and she says she's not going to eat till after the dance. The dance, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and um, um, Blair overhears this, or hears it, and then goes downstairs and is worried. Yeah, so the next scene is downstairs in the normal lounge, and Blair... In the normal lounge. In the normal lounge. (laughs) Isn't that a play by uh, The Normal Heart? The Normal Heart. Yeah, The Normal Heart. That's a play by uh, Larry Kramer. Hmm. It was a recent HBO movie. Very good movie. Um, About the AIDS. So Blair says, um, this is all my fault. Blair has no, to, I got to give her props for it. the times they make her the, the spoiled rich girl, the narcissistic, self-obsessed, pretty one. Blair fesses, like she doesn't have to be coaxing this. Blair is right here saying to Mrs. Garrett, this is a bad situation and I feel responsible. It's like, wow. I mean, Good. You are. You like it's, her even more. It's, I yeah, mean, yeah. One more but, reason to but like Blair. You are responsible. I'm glad you noticed that because it is your fucking fault. Um, then Steve comes back. Steve, the delivery boy. Yeah. And Tight he comes clothes. back and says, Natalie, I feel so bad about giving you that diet thing because it was for someone else. I, it shouldn't have been for you. Yeah. And so here to apologize, I brought you a book. And what is the bookmark? 
It was like the story of Larry, Moe, and Curly. Uh, yeah. The story of Curly, Larry, and Moe. So his first gift for her was uh, were diet cookies, and the second gift is a comedy book. About the Three Stooges. Yeah. And Natalie's like, oh my God, how did you know they were my favorite? And she's being earnest. And then she, does she, well, she takes him back into the kitchen. Oh, she, uh, uh, she has to take him back into the kitchen to retrieve the diet breakfast bars that he delivered to her in error. So it gives them an excuse to go off and be alone in the kitchen, though, not in the bedroom. But it's a good, nice wrap up to the Natalie story where the super crazy hot guy oh, is hot. not treating her like a leper, which, you know, we all know we lived through high school. We've lived through life as human beings. That was just a nice She's thing. She's a good person. Exactly. She has, she has strength of character. Well, Mr. Bradley has brought Chinese food. They're mm-hmm. trying to figure out what to feed. Now that Sue Ann, clearly, after fainting, she's got to see the error of her ways. We're going to bring her some food. Mr. B, Mr. Bradley brings in Chinese food, like you do. And he says specifically, everyone likes Chinese food. Yeah. And then I thought, yeah, because of MSG. Because uh, is is that a thing that everyone? That's oh, a drug it, that's in the Chinese addicti- food. Oh, because the addictive yeah. thing that was in food and back yeah. in those days. True, very true. I mean, he could have just brought, brought her a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> but that's that's not food. Everybody loves nicotine. Everybody loves cigarettes. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Oh, God. So then we go back upstairs, and Tootie is feeding. Oh, Tootie says, we love love the artifice of performance. Tootie's like, I'll bring them to her, because she's on her roller skates. She grabs the two things of Chinese food and swings them around. One of them, he says, is egg drop soup. Soup! And she she just swings it around like it's a damn thing full of chicken fingers. And (laughs) it's like... Uh, they're I not a, chicken fingers, Tootie. They're not chicken yeah, fingers. Tootie, they're not chicken Tootie, fingers. Ma'am, That's soup. The blocking is yeah. soup. And and you're gonna go up the stairs in your skates, which she does in a previous episode. We watch her walk up the stairs in her <laughs> skates. It's like, yeah, safety would not be letting that fly these days. Um, so then we've got uh, Tootie is feeding the soup to yeah. Sue Ann. So yeah. she's Sue Ann's eating the soup with that Asian spoon. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, they don't give you those when you get takeout. Where did they get the Asian spoon from? Downstairs I'm going I'm, I'm to lose next sleep Next to the tonight. box of those diet crackers. <laughs> Move the diet crackers. So, so then we got to wrap this episode up. soup. No, two more hours. We got to wrap this episode mm-hmm. up. And thankfully, it is wrapped up because Mrs. Garrett comes in in her hot purple dress, the one that she bought earlier. <laughs> oh, yay. And she does look good. It's a really good flattering dress on her. <laughs> and Sue Ann says, oh. She did good. She's a good woman. She did. She found yeah, something that makes her look more like a woman should um, look like. She made herself look attractive to me, and I'm a man. So we're calling <laughs> yeah. that a win. Um, but yes. so Sue Ann says, oh, you fit into your size 12. You Oh, because you dieted with me, you got down to your size 12. And she says, nope, this is my 14. Suck it, bitches. There needed to be a bigger reaction from the audience. She's like, I'm a 14. The audience needed to be prodded to clap. She, it was they, very weak. It was, you kind of sensed it was a little bit there, but they didn't do it. Yeah. She, it was, um, what does she say? She, she says, uh, I think she says, nope, I'm a fabulous 14, doesn't yeah. she? And puts yeah. her arms, arms up and does air. a spin. 
Yeah, that perfect was, time for a clap. And yeah, cheer and, and, and they a, didn't. The audience was like, audience. the audience was like, no, this this could be over now. You're a big what? lady. You're still a big lady, and you're old, and you're not <laughs> no. Blair. Get off the screen. <laughs> she also says something. You're you're not a number. You're a girl. Yeah. To um the skank in the bed, Sue Ann. Sue Ann. Yeah. yeah. You're not a number. You're a girl. And then we do. Speaking of tropes, yeah. look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> Look at <laughs> look at what a beautiful that. young girl you are. It's dead on. It's uncanny. And um, so she looks at her, and uh, Sue Ann basically just has a change of heart. And Mrs. Garrett saying, "Look, if I'm, I can't. I'm paraphrasing here. Mrs. Garrett says I can't define myself by the size I am. I'm wearing this because I'm a size 14, and I look good in this." When I'm ready to become a size 12, I'll be a size 12 and wear yeah. a size 12. She was present. Yeah. No. So it was, no, it was good, spot on advice. Appropriate, still Quality. applicable to this day. She <laughs> might have had some some say in that moment in the script. She might have requested. Maybe. She's probably a size 16 and she probably said, hey, can you that, say it? That's what it is. 14. Yeah. 12 Women. or 14. I'm Women. just saying I wear a size 14 dress. You do. I do. Yes. No, Mrs. Garrett would not be a size 14. Mrs. Garrett. Well, no. may, I mean, maybe, yeah, not the hips not. Shoulders probably, because she's, she's tiny. You realize Tootie on her roller skates is still shorter than Mrs. Garrett. She's like five foot tall. That's so she's, weird. Charlotte Ray is tiny. A lot of tiny, talent tiny. on a tiny body. Yeah. And then um, there, somehow there's a reference to something about, yeah, that's just bananas. And speaking of which, do you want a banana? Because I have one in my purse. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And yeah. then she says, um, here, do you want to have it? And it's loaded with vitamins A, B, and C. A, B, and C. And I'm like, all I of them. don't all think three of so. Them. All three of them. A, B, and C. Is one, two, three. Other than a, you vitamin, and me. Yeah. Vitamin A is a thing you get in meat and protein products. Yeah, it's, vitamin it's B like is what deep. you get out of vegetables, and vitamin C is a. Fr- I mean, I'm, these are gross generalities. There's probably a little bit, but I, mean, I don't think they're loaded potassium. with potassium. I just think of potassium. potassium, exactly. Yeah, and, and again, sugar. Actually, it's a lot of sugar. Yeah, and when it comes to vitamin C, it's it's like I need some vitamin C. You don't reach for a banana; you reach for citrus. It's like, well, I don't. I I think taking diet advice from a woman in a size 14 dress <laughs> is is not the only wrong thing Susanna <laughs> Suzanne did in her life. A woman, a woman in a size 14 dress who doesn't like eating a goddamn pepper. How? Dare she? And did you notice the banana that she pulled out of her purse? Like it wasn't even a cartoonish banana or a yellow banana. It, it was, was a spotted, lived in. Sp- yeah, it was a yeah. lived in banana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And then um, Sue Ann mentioned something about the. Oh my God! Do you think I lost too much? Like and uh, then she, I like the si- and Mrs. Like, Garrett wants to punch her, and then Mrs. Garrett wants to punch her, and there's a big like. There's a big final applause, like, oh, this is great. We've had our moment. Sue Ann's seen the error of her ways. She's not going to worry about what that boy thinks of her. It's great. And yet they felt the need to tag it. Okay. Where the, the episode feels right over and whole and good and right. And then Blair comes in with the tapioca pudding. I can't and, believe it. But but Blair has not. Blair is the cause of the problem, but, and I feel like they rather this in maybe to give her a, a, her just desserts. Literally. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> I didn't mean um, to do that. 
But the deal Go on, is the tag. It's Describe not the that tag. Blair didn't see the error of her way. She did. Blair was already feeling bad about it and beating herself up. But for she it. wasn't punished she, to us. She just said, "Oh, I'm sorry. It's my fault." Mm. It just seemed unnecessary. Yeah. In any case, Go on. the fact is that based on the previous conversation, we would assume that Blair would learn of Sue Ann's change of heart and be happy for it. Like there, the need to have to bring her in. So Blair comes in with tapioca and as she goes to eat it sue ann pushes her face in it how wacky is that (laughs) yeah uh sue ann she is as she has handed the tapioca pudding sue sue ann sue ann sue ann says blair apologizes and says oh that's okay i i she literally says i knew you were doing it for my own good or something like that like i knew you were doing it out of the kindness of your heart and i thought what yeah. What? <laughs> and then, then when she gets the pie in the face, I go, "Oh, okay, that's why she said that." Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But but Blair smiles a little bit too early. Like she yeah. smiles before her face is dunked, and it ruined the whole moment. Mm. And then what was what's even worse is that for the next like twenty seconds, oh, the freeze frame for the credits is Blair's face with white shit on, on her it. nose and her mouth, and yeah. And just that, staring at you. And these are again, extreme close-up. Extreme close-up, and it looks like a, a money shot. Like? We're not going to lie. It looks like a little bit looks like, like a money a, shot. Looks like and a teenage girl money shot. Yeah. Not Steve inappropriate. wins the day. No. <laughs> but, anywho. Special delivery from Steve. Oh, wow. We only win. That's in another movie. Let's wrap this up. Mark Baratelli, before we go, I typically ask people, what uh, TV show are you currently uh, into? Have you been enjoying or watching? Uh, Obviously, I mentioned Golden Girls, but also I've gone and started with season one, episode one of uh, Cheers. Cheers. And I'm starting to watch them in in, in order. That's a show I watch sporadically, but I never watch religiously. And I totally, I've been thinking of doing that. It's so good. The writing is so good. Instead of Facts of Life, but that was on 11 years, and I couldn't make that kind of commitment. No, that's too much for anybody. Nine years? Totally manageable. Doable. Obvious. Could have done Wonder Woman. Only on for three. Nope. I said Facts of Life. Yeah. Um, I made a good choice. Well, cool. And if people want to find out more about the stuff that you're doing, all of your your plethora of projects, you are still at thedailycity.com. Yeah, thedailycity.com. We have uh, Orlando Flea. And we have Food Truck Bazaar, and we have Confection Fest. I can't wait for... When is Confection Fest, can you say? 2019. (gasps) That's how... Wet your whistles and set your alarms. We're going to Candyland. How theme park evasive of you that is. Sometime in in 2019. So December 31st is what I'm hearing. Probably. 2019. (laughs) All right, my darling. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. And I promise. a hysterical premise for a show, and you are an amazing host. Oh. Oh, start. (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it. Mark always makes me laugh, and we just... We could gab for hours and hours. I will not tell you how much I had to edit out to bring this episode down to the length that it is. But I can't wait to have him back so we can just do some more gabbing because like so many friends, you just don't see people as often as you'd like. Uh, Mark also does a really funny uh, Judy Garland impression where he does shows at the Fringe Festivals whenever he's able to um, get into the festivals. 
And uh, I encourage people to also check that out too. And before we go, just remember to check out our website, facethefactspod.com. That's where you find the show as well as extra stuff and videos and information pertaining to the episode. And there you'll also find links to email me, tell me what you think about the show. And then you can also find us through the links to our social media. That is all for this week's Let's Face the Facts. Next week, I'll be watching and discussing Season 1, Episode 8. It's called The Facts of Love. But for now, thank you for listening to this show. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. (laughs) 